Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Everybody likes a secret, especially the kind that benefits you. If you had ironclad knowledge of some massive stock increase that was coming this next week, you'd like that, wouldn't you? We'd all run out and pull together all the money we had and go purchase those stocks, you know, that we would benefit, that we would be enriched by such a thing. Uh, Jeff Bezos just decided to put his HQ2 in Virginia. What if, what if he was going to put it in Bealton and uh, you knew the little piece of farmland that was going cheap and he was going to buy that in a month or two? We'd all run out and take advantage of that. In our gospel lesson, we learn that Jesus himself is telling secrets. The Son of God came revealing the secrets of heaven. Those things which had been hidden, he says, since the foundation of the world. Well, that's exciting. Don't you want in on the secret? If you could learn the secret of, well, everything. If you could learn the secret of everything. Of your whole life and existence. Of all that mattered. If you could know the secret. And you didn't bother to listen. Well, I call that the definition of a fool and nobody wants to be a fool so Jesus is telling secrets and the secret he's telling us today in our gospel has to do with the kingdom of God our metaphor of secret knowledge of an investment opportunity is very appropriate because Jesus is telling us how we can come to possess the kingdom and ultimately be enriched by it so don't be foolish and ignore this investment Tip. Before we get to the secret, though, real quick, what is the kingdom of God that he is promising? Well, it's basically everything you ever wanted and more. It's everything you desire, everything you hunger for. It's the things that you want, and it's the things that you don't even know that you want that you want. It's everything. It's endless riches and glory and happiness. It's unmitigated delight and joy. It's everything. St. Paul says that the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In our gospel, Jesus says, he gives us these two parables, and he says that the kingdom is like a mustard seed and like leaven. And in both cases, these things are incredibly small, seemingly insignificant, even imperceptible. Especially once you've buried the seed in the ground and you've hidden the leaven in the lump of dough, they're no longer visible to the eye. It's as if they don't even really exist. And yet in the end, the mustard tree, this is not, by the way, the mustard seed where we get mustard from. It's a different thing. Tiny little seed and it grows into a big tree. The mustard tree becomes, he says, the greatest tree in the garden. And the birds of the air, they come and they lodge in its branches. And the leaven, it permeates the entire lump of dough. 
The leaven just takes over to the point that it's not the leaven in the dough, it's the dough in the leaven. Kind of like you. We often think about Christ in us or the Spirit in us. But really what's more important than Christ in you and the Spirit in you, when you've really hit your stride, when you've really arrived, it's when you're in Christ and you're in the Spirit. That's more powerful than even Christ in you understood properly. When you're permeated and shot through with the glory of God so much that you are in Christ and in the Spirit, that's when you become like a pure flame of fire. But at any rate, the point is, is that this kingdom work, this seed, this leaven, it all happens incrementally, slowly, and imperceptibly. And this is very important information for us to know. Because... And this is reasonable. If we try something and it doesn't work, if we don't have results like we expect, then we're going to quit. We're going to quit doing it. That's just reasonable. Um, we become discouraged or maybe just rational, you know, reasonable logic tells us that if we're doing something and it's not working, we should stop doing it. But Jesus says to us, he gives us this secret and said it's not like this with the kingdom of God. In this case, if you quit watering the seed and pulling the weeds just because you don't see the growth under the earth, and you walk away and you quit, then you will not receive the kingdom of God. Jesus is telling us flat out. He's revealing something to us and telling us you will not see it. You are not going to perceive it. At some level. It is hidden from you. It's just like I said last week. In this world you will have trouble. The tares and the wheat grow up together. This is according to the wisdom and the mercy of God. This is not something for us to be resentful about. This is something that we trust God. That the wheat and the tares. The judgment comes at the end. We do not judge before the time. Likewise. The kingdom quite often will be imperceptible to you. It is growing, but you do not and will not always clearly see it. We have to recognize and accept that our ability to perceive what is really going on is severely compromised. We do not see things as they are. We're in a position that we have to trust someone else calling out the coordinates. That's how life works on this side of the veil. We're sort of flying in this craft. We're flying in a fog. As St. Paul says, we're seeing through the glass dimly, darkly. We have to listen and we have to pay attention to the voice of the Spirit that speaks to us through His church and the Scriptures and such things. This requires faith, it requires trust, it requires love. Jesus himself appeared in this world. This is sort of the meta-narrative of the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus came in this world kind of like that mustard seed. Small, inconsequential, imperceptible, except to very few. Even the nation Israel is sort of also like that mustard seed, a tiny 
little inconsequential nation in the grand scope of all the nations of the world. So Jesus came likewise, not noticed by very many. He came and then he left. He went away, and when he left, there remained a few simple poor disciples behind him. He left them here, and he told them, I want you to go out and I want you to expand and establish my kingdom and basically take over the world. Well, what happened to them? They were immediately beaten and tortured and ridiculed and thrown out and killed. Every effort made by the most powerful empire on the planet to wipe them off the face of the earth. And yet they carried on. They did the work of faith. They labored in love for God. And they died. And they died. But they remained steadfast in hope because Christ is risen. Because they believed in the resurrection. They had seen and witnessed the risen Lord. And so they persevered and they did not give up. And they knew what Jesus had told them and they believed him at his word. They believed that that seed of the kingdom was under the earth. They couldn't see it, but they knew it would sprout up in due time. In fact, that was none of their business. They didn't concern themselves about when or how it was going to sprout up. All they knew that their business was to remain faithful and obedient. Well, that little mustard seed was watered over the years by the blood of many martyrs. And as we know, it grew and it grew and it grew and it became a great tree in the garden of God's world. And eventually the emperor who had tried to stamp out this kingdom of Christ, he too fell prey to its power and became a believer in Christ. And essentially the whole world fell in behind him. And the heathen in great numbers and multitudes came like birds and they nested in the branches of this great tree. We can see even in the history of the world and of the church how the kingdom of God has grown and expanded. That's the meta-narrative. But there's the narrative of your own life. God has given you a seed. And in that seed that he has planted in your very heart lies the entire kingdom of And the fullness of God's power and riches. It is buried. It is buried in the ground. And you and I, we don't always perceive its growth or what's happening. Do not judge yourself. God is your judge. Your job is to keep your nose down. To keep working. You must tend to this seed and nurture it. Do not give up. Do not despair. Do not become discouraged. Do not walk away. Tend to it. Nurture it. Realize that you cannot trust your own powers of perception. They're compromised. You can trust the word of Christ and his church, which is the pillar and foundation of truth. Steadfast our lives must be. We must be steadfast in virtue and righteousness in holiness. We must be steadfast in repentance Not giving up our repentance. How sad it is. How sad it is when people become despairing and discouraged. And say what's the use in serving God? What's the use in repenting? I'll never change. We heard in our first lesson in Matins this morning. I think from Malachi. A terrible passage. Where the wicked say. What use is it? What use is it to serve and love and revere God? 
And they give up with no fear of God. Let us not give up in repentance. Let's not give up in our prayer rule. Sometimes it's like plowing granite, I know. (laughs) Plow the granite then. Water the granite with your tears and it will become a lush field. Do not give up in your giving. Do not give up in your pursuit of knowledge of the things of God in your studies. Perseverance is a great secret weapon that you have which promises you 100% guarantees your reward and your success. 100% guarantee. Perseverance. Not to grow weary in well-doing, we are promised that if we faint not, there shall be a great reward. How tragic it would be for a person to quit in the 25th mile of the 26th mile marathon. (laughs) Or someone who's on a journey for their life and they just give up a mile or two over the hill from where the water lays that's going to rejuvenate them. If we quit before we've reached our reward, when it's just before us, how tragic it is. But that brings me to a comment about this race and this reward because the reward which we seek is not just at the end of the race. It's not as if, you know, the nature of this trip that we're on, it's not as if we're just in some miserable sweat and toil along the way and then we get the reward at the end, this prize at the end. That's really not how it worked. We don't have time to go into it in great detail this morning. But in reality, the truth of the matter is, there actually is no absolute final end to this race we're in, ever. Even in the next life, it goes on and on for all eternity. That also is a great secret. When you understand that, you will understand that the reward is discovered in the journey itself. That is a great secret. If you're always thinking, well, I'll be happy when I get there, you're never going to get there. (laughs) You're never going to be happy. You better figure out how to find Christ right now, today, in this very moment. Until you learn that, you're still very much a child in the things of God. Our joy is found in the act of steadfast faithfulness, especially when we don't see clearly. If we have not discovered this secret, we are children in the faith. But that's okay to be a child, nothing wrong with that. And yet we must continue to push on because the joy, the reward of joy found in the midst of of this struggle is very, very real and it awaits us if we will not give up. There is a place in this Christian life for comfort. There is a place for nesting, lodging in the branches of the tree. We all know the temptation, let me explain, maybe with an analogy to your prayer rule. We all know that as we go through our daily prayers, sometimes, maybe a lot of times, we are tempted to speed up the prayers because we're trying to get to the end. 
Now, I'm sure we can all relate to that. Could you imagine, could you imagine a time, a place where you could come to in your prayer life, where you actually slowed down your prayers because you didn't want them to end? Kind of like a good book. You know that you don't want to end. You're savoring it. How many of us pray in that way? Where we slow our prayers down because we don't want them to end. We're there in the presence of God in such sweet comfort. We're in church in the presence of God. Listening to the scriptures and the hymns. Sensing the angels all about us. Knowing God here, now, in this moment. That's where we need to be. This is a comfortable place that we can find if we will not give up. It's there and it's real. Sort of like, sort of like a pair of Alan Edmund shoes, which I'm wearing right now. I used to buy cheap shoes and then I discovered Alan Edmund shoes. They're not cheap, kind of expensive, but they'll last a lifetime. And they're uncomfortable too. They hurt a little bit. But somehow that hurt feels so good. <laughs> because you're wearing quality. But you have to break them in. And you know what that's like, you know? A wool sweater, it's a little itchy at first till you break it in. Or that leather bag, or that pair of shoes. I mean, these are like really full Goodyear, full welted sewn shoes you can put new soles on. If you've never had a pair of really good shoes, you should get a pair. Something happens when you break them in. Every time you put them on, like you feel good about life. <laughs> because you realize there's something meaningful in life. Something real. Something that took some time to craft. I mean, really, I'm, I'm a little bit of an artist type, so, you know. You know, there's a sense where you sort of sink into something that you've worn a long time. There's a, a familiarity with it, and that familiarity doesn't bring contempt. It brings comfort. It brings a sense of peace to you. We should find the Psalms in that way. We should find coming to Mass in that way. Vespers in that way. That pang of hunger that you get when you're fasting should be like a pang of comfort to you. That's how it should feel to you. A pang of comfort. Because you are pursuing God. That's real. It's available to us. This joy, this comfort we receive, even in the pangs, even in the difficulties of this life, in the midst of this journey, as we have consistently, steadfastly been faithful to our prayer, to our repentance, to our giving, to our love of God, to one another, this journey of perseverance, that is where the secret of great joy comes to us because it comes out of a sense of stability. That you know that there is no shaking this kingdom. It is unshakable. It is stable. 
And in that stability comes a great assurance and a sense of peace. And that gives you comfort. And it is a great joy. If you've not found that, or maybe it's been fleeting, don't quit. Don't give up. It's real. I encourage you to search for it like a hidden treasure in a field. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.